Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host, as always, is Joe Taylor. This is episode 30. Episode 30. What were you doing when you were 30? Not this. No. I think for my 30th birthday, I went to Six Flags Magic Mountain. Okay. That sounds fun. The real adult thing to do. Sure. Go to an amusement park. Hey, forever young, man. Yep. What's going on? Uh, not much. Before we get started on the reviews, I just wanted to mention, uh, we were discussing whether or not we were going to review Apple TV Plus shows. Mm-hmm. I have access to the shows now. Magically. Okay. I won't say how, but I do. And I think we should review them. Because they've all been picked up for a second season. Because Apple has nothing else, right? So they just gave green lights across the board. Yeah, there's like four shows that are out now. And, and they've I, already been greenlit for yeah. a second season. Okay. So, Well, I have access to it as well. I pay the four ninety nine because I'm not a, a federal uh, criminal pirate. Uh, did I say I was property. a criminal pirate? No, I didn't no, mention I said any that. that. I said that. I didn't say that at all. <laughs> In fact, I'm only alluding to the fact that I'm using your account. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. what I'm saying. All we right. have access to it now because you're paying for it. Sure. So thank you. Sure. I'm watching them too, so I'm looking forward to discussing them in the near future. Yeah, I haven't started any of them, but I, since you know we have it now, we will move forward. Now, I think none of our listeners will probably be watching them. Do we know anybody yet? It, yes. Let us know if you're actually going to watch any of these Apple shows. To be fair, I sent an episode to someone and I said, you would love this particular show. And uh, she wrote back and said, I've already watched all three. And this oh. was Saturday afternoon. Oh, so people are watching. I think so. Okay. Cool. I mean, one person out of our, you know, 25 listeners. Hey, that's a start. It's 4% yeah, approximately. Sure. Okay. All right, let's get into it. What do you got? You're up first. Okay, this one's going to be quick because it's only a 21-minute documentary. I teased it last week. We almost decided not to even do it this week, but I said I would. So, um, You're a man of your word. I am. That's all I have is my integrity, and, and even that, barely. Ghosts of Sugarland. This is a documentary on Netflix about a group of Muslim, young Muslim men who live in suburban Texas. Okay, kind of interesting already, right? Mm -hmm. They have an African-American friend who, because he hangs out with them so much, converts to Islam. Then uh, he starts to ask a lot of questions about the religion, starts to get very devout, I guess, moves to Turkey to sneak into Syria to join ISIS. From Texas. Yeah. Wow. The whole thing is interviews with this group of Muslim young men. And the thing is, all the interviews, they're wearing these like children's, like an Iron Man mask or a Spider-Man mask. So they're in like children's Halloween costume masks. Oh, their identity is concealed. Yeah. Okay. It's 20 minutes of interviews of people telling you the story I just told you in a minute with kids masks on. (laughs) So what is that? Set a binge or a purge. Look, this would be a great Vice quick hit or something. Uh Uh-huh. 21 minutes. I mean, I guess that's pretty short. They could have done it in seven and a half, (laughs) like on Inside Edition or something. It's a purge. Okay. I I mean, the case, you know, the guy's been extradited. He's um, on trial now, I think, for 
aiding and abetting terrorism or something like that. So it's just kind of like a news story that somebody got a camera, a really cool camera, and wanted to interview people to tell the mildly interesting story. So skip it. It's a purge. Even at 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. If it said it works better as like a news story than a like a short documentary. Okay. More sizzle than steak. Gotcha. Keep going. Give me something else. About that? No, your next review. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, now, here's one that people, I think, have been waiting for. Season two of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Amazon Prime original. They started advertising the first season of this in, like, 2011. I feel like we saw ads for it for well over a year uh, before the first season came out. Amazon definitely puts a lot of their marketing money behind this. It's one of the only shows that they... This and Maisel... Can you name another Amazon Prime show quickly? The Boys. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, but you searched that. That's in your uh, popular I, I, search terms. You know, but I will. Yeah, all right, smartass. <laughs> but I did see. I only found out about The Boys because I did see a billboard for it. A so billboard I in did, Hollywood. A billboard in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, they put a lot of marketing behind this, and everyone knows Tom Clancy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my dad's read every Tom Clancy book. I've read a couple. The Hunt for Red October is one of my all-time favorite movies. Right. So you go back to like when we were uh, young, which was a long time ago. You had Hunt for Red October, uh, Patriot Patriot Games, Games, and Clear and Present Danger. Danger. The last of those three was was probably my favorite out of the three, but they're all good. As a huge Harrison Ford fan, huge. Yeah. I I can't believe that my favorite one is the Alec Baldwin-Sean Connery one. But the very first one, (laughs) The Hunt for Red October, that's one of those movies if it's on, I'm watching. There's no if ands, or buts about it. I yeah. freaking love that movie, man. It's good. Now, what about the one where Ben Affleck played Never, Jack The Sum of All Fears? Yeah. Never saw it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, purge on that, by the way. I yeah. Mean, I mean, wasn't that like a nuclear bomb goes off or something? In, or? in the uh, subway system in Seattle or something where I'm pretty sure there is no subway system. It was Baltimore. Whatever it Look was, at, uh, I, they said Ben Affleck is playing, you know, Jack Ryan. I was like, I'm out. Yeah, but now you're telling me what's his face is playing Jack Ryan, and I should be in. John Krasinski. Yeah, who I've seen every episode of The Office at least twice. Um, I put it on in the background a lot of times when I'm working. It's a little jarring at first to buy him as an action hero, but he was also in Zero Dark Thirty, right? Wrong. John Krasinski was not in Zero Dark Thirty. Season one was awesome. I really, really liked it a lot. Season two, if you like season one, you got to watch season two. It's a binge. Okay. Um, it's a really well done show. I can't imagine how much they spent on this thing. It had to have been $10 million an episode or more. It's very good. The supporting cast, uh, Wendell Pierce, who plays James Greer. That was the uh, James Earl Jones character. Admiral Greer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Numi Rapace. It's Numi Rapace. She plays Harriet Bauman, who's like a, a spy, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in there. Now, I had a couple issues with it. The dialogue at times is a little bit clunky. Mm-hmm. When you're listening to these like Navy SEALs talk to each other, you're like, I can't imagine that that's how they talk to each other. Also, a couple of weird decisions that are there just for plot. Now, the plot of this thing is 90% of the series. The story, the character development, way in the backseat. So it's way more plot than characters. Now, that show, The Boys, that you liked so much, had a lot of plot, but it also had character development. Oh, yeah. 
much like the Sopranos or some of these other shows where the characters change over the course of the series, even over the course of an episode, the the characters uh, grow and make bad decisions and do different things. This was very two dimensional. The characters were just there to act out the beats of the script. I, I didn't really develop an attachment to any of them. Are these based on Tom Clancy novels? Or are these like original ideas with the Jack Ryan character? Tom Clancy has writing credit for the characters, but there's... Uh, the storylines are original then? Yeah. Okay. There's 12 different writers. There's... <laughs> okay. I mean, over two seasons. Right. There's seven different directors. I mean, this thing's like 818, but uh, I got to say it's a little bit better. A so. little better? Uh, with bit- a budget? Yeah, right. They they spent uh, about two million times uh, what we did. And how many episodes a season? Eight episodes per season. About an hour each? Hour each. Okay. And uh, it's good. It's it's fun. It's not real deep. That's fine. It's a fun ride. Yeah. Everybody that I know watches it loves it. Yeah, it's good. You so, know, everybody, oh, have you watched Jack Ryan? I'm like, I don't know. They go, no, it's good. You should check it out. Yeah, it's good. Um, so Jack Ryan season two on Amazon Prime binge. Awesome. All right, my turn. Your turn. I am doing a review of a show that's in its second season, and I thoroughly adored, gushed about the first season of it, and this is The End of the Effing World. It's a Netflix original series by way of Britain. If you've listened to this before, you know how much not only did I love the show itself, but I love the lead actress, Jessica Barden. And this is why it pains me So much to tell you what a disappointment season two is. Oh, no. Now, it's the same amount of episodes, eight episodes, about 20 minutes each. You can do it in four hours. It's not a big commitment, but it is a dour, mopey, going nowhere disappointment. Wow. And the chief disappointment in this, and this is why I can't, this is why I'm so upset, is Jessica Barden. She is terrible in this and it's not her performance it's the material that the writers have given her they have turned her into a depressed moody bitch the whole way through she's nothing likable around her anymore and she was so likable in the first season that's a big leap what happened well they're they're playing off the fact that in the first season we're like i don't want to get into the plot if you haven't watched the first season but something traumatic happens and that trauma is now affecting her throughout all of season two. But this this thing that happened in the first season happened early on and didn't really affect her very much for the rest of the first season. So it's kind of like, okay, we don't know what to do with her. We're going to give her this trauma that's affecting her and just putting this kibosh on any sense of fun. Mm-hmm. And now it's still got the two leads in it. Uh, James, played by Alex Lothar. Alex Lothar, still good in this. He's the bright spot of the show, if there is any. And then they've added a third uh, lead character named Bonnie, who's out to get him. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of like a mentally disturbed sociopath. And that is played by Naomi Aki. And Naomi Aki, as I look up, is going to be in the next Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker. Now, what I mean when I say what happened between the two seasons, there was two years... Are there new writers? Is it new Same writers. Material? They've just, you know, moved it up, I'd say, maybe a year later, maybe two years. I'm not exactly sure. It's a little while, and uh, the characters have been separated, and this gets them back together. 
But it the first one was, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. It was like they took you on an adventure. It was like a road trip. It was it was it was fun. This is just spinning its wheels and going nowhere. And you know where it's gotta go because of how they set things up in the first episode. But it's just you just want to yell at these two, and you're like, just say what we all know you're thinking. Like, just you know, quit, like, you know, I'm not going to tell them this because I don't. Just get to the point, you two. But if they got to the point, there'd be no show. It's just drawn out, and it, it, it's a couple funny moments, but it's just pales in comparison to the first season. How do you think that happens that a show changes so much? Because I'm looking, I pulled up a random episode from season one and season two. The uh, primary writers, Charlie Covell in both, but uh, Charles Forsman, you know, this is based on a comic book. You forgot to say that. Thank you for letting me know. You didn't know that? I did not. Well, if I did, I forgot. I just assume anything that you review on the show is based on a comic book. <laughs> I can't argue with that. But, but there's four additional writers on this particular episode. So... I have a feeling that the core of this show wrote the first season and then they said, we need a writer's room and they got all these weird ideas in there and it turned away from what it But began. there's there's less ideas in season two than season one. Season two is very simple. It's not a huge plot. It's like, oh, they got to get back together and they're miserable and they won't really communicate with each other. And in the meantime, they're dealing, they don't know about it, but they're dealing with this hitchhiker who's there to kill them. Okay. That's it. That's the whole season. But my biggest complaint is Jessica Barden's character, Alyssa. She easily gave one of my favorite performances in season one. And to see what they did with her for season two is just, you know, just breaks your heart. They just turned into a completely unlikable character. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And I don't want to come down on her performance as an actress, but the show should be called Walk. Well, it's British. You know, I'm saying what in British. <laughs> I know, but it's like, okay. but it's like every word out of her is like, what? Okay. What? <laughs> watch it. That's what it is. And, you know, and she said it a lot in the first season, but she really like, they're just like, we don't know what to do with her here. Have her say, what? That sounds lazy. Yeah. It felt lazy. It just felt like a, a bunch of missed opportunities here. But again, Alex Lothar does a good job with his character, even though even though they're not really giving him much to work with. But I, I'm sorry to say it's a binge. Season two of End of the Effing World. Nope. No? Sorry to say it's a purge. Oh my God, you're... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so... I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It is a purge. I stand corrected. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. End of the Effing World, season two, purge. Still binge season one because it's so enjoyable and then leave it at that. Okay. Don't go looking for something else in season two. It won't be there and you'll be left going, huh? Why did they do that? Okay. Well, there you have it. Demo, do you wear glasses? You know I do. Yeah. For those listening at home and can't see it, we both wear glasses. Yeah. I'm sitting across from you right now. Yeah, so I can I see you wearing glasses. Yeah. Uh, and I can see you wearing glasses because I'm wearing mine. Now, did you buy... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> did, you, did you buy your glasses online? I did not. Okay. How much were they? Do you remember? My frames? Just the whole my thing. The whole oh, package. About a grand. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. But, wow. Well, look, I, I'm in the market. This is where I blew it. Okay. I have to get new glasses. I've already bought the frames because I'm very particular. And it took me six months to find my frames. Okay. So I got them. And now I have to get the lenses 
and the lenses are going to be progressives. I know this is fascinating. And they're going to cost me between six and $700. If you would have bought them at iways.com, you could have gotten a complete pair of progressives for like $169. Oh, I see the error of my ways. Iways is a practical alternative to pricey fashion brands or cheap foreign online glasses that aren't even accurate. I don't know if you know this, you get like a $7 pair of glasses from some of these uh, companies that advertise on TV. They show up, they're not even the right prescription. Well, it sounds like you get what you pay for. Exactly. Uh, so at iways, you get a good pair of glasses that are stylish for 59 bucks complete and up. You know, for you, it would have been a little more, but they're not $1,000. And they're nice looking glasses. They also have glasses specifically for uh, staring at a screen all day. They're called Screen Ease. I have some of those, but they're just plastic that I bought on Amazon. I just throw them over my regular glasses. So they're a bit awkward. Yeah. Are you saying they have lenses that incorporate this? They or have, they have that separate? Too. Both. Okay. Now the screen ease, you put it on, there's just a tiny bit of like magnification as well. So it's it really relaxes your head when you're sitting in front of a computer. Oh, nice. Check out iways.com. Use promo code binge or purge and get $5 off your purchase. That means you could get a pair of glasses for 54 bucks, and they're not cheap crap from, you know, wherever. They're nice. They're um, dispensed by an actual optician, too. I should hope so. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, a lot of stuff you get online, they're not coming from a doctor's office. I know. So they're good, and uh, they've been good to us. So thank you, iways.com. Yes, iways.com. All right. What next? It's you. It's me again? Yes. Okay. I watched a comedy special that uh, made me laugh two-thirds of the way, and then the last third it totally fell off a cliff. This Interesting. Is, yeah. It, I mean, that's a trend lately. Did it, did it get serious all of a sudden, or did it just not become funny anymore? Well, you can probably guess. So this is okay. David Cross's new stand-up special on Amazon called Oh, Come On. Mm-hmm. Now, David Cross famously played Tobias in Arrested Development. Yep. Mr. Show, which I can't stand. You can't stand Mr. Show? Mm-mm. What? Mm-mm. I don't smoke a ton of pot, so or any pot. I just don't get it. It's like a Seth Rogen movie to me. There have been some real gems of sketches on Mr. Show. Maybe I just didn't see those. I've watched a couple episodes is all. And you know what I say about Bob Odenkirk. Don't you dare besmirch the Odenkirk name on this podcast. <laughs> Not his writing, but... Anyway. Move on. Move on. Moving on. David Cross, very funny, very specific alternative like this guy belongs in austin he needs a residency in austin he just fits in perfectly there with his flannels and his crazy beard really funny guy funny actor a lot of storytelling which i typically don't love in stand-ups i like a lot of jokes but he has a lot of jokes per minute for kind of a storyteller this starts off great he does some material about being a new father with Uh, amber tamlin mm -hmm. his wife yeah, his wife, who's, I think, 20 years younger than him. Yeah. Roughly. It's a bit of a May-December. Yeah. But he talks about how she's, you know, she's a feminist and she's out a lot of times doing speaking engagements, you know, smashing the patriarchy while he's at home, you know, trying to raise their baby by himself. <laughs> because <laughs> the irony is not lost on me. So it's kind of funny. Um, he's, a, he's a great comic. Now, the last, you know, 20 minutes, this is about an hour long. The last 20 minutes, it just turns into um, Trump bash fest, which I feel like in 2019 has been done. He's very vindictive about it, very extreme about it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of jokes. 
And he even acknowledges it after the uh, quote unquote bit. He goes, look, I know that bit is not clever or even particularly funny, but it makes me feel good. Well, he acknowledges it. Yeah. So now this is what what was this on Amazon Prime? Okay. Now, funny that you should mention this, the Trump stuff, because Netflix has the Seth Meyers special that allows you to skip the Trump jokes. Oh, really? The Lobby Baby special. Lobby Baby. You have how some, do you how do you skip? I, it? I'm going to look into it. I'm okay. not going to skip it because I love Trump bashing. But right. uh, you do have that option on Netflix. For some reason, you can you can skip the Trump bit. I don't know how it works. I'll let you know next week after I watch it. But it sounds like something you are the audience for that. If you're (laughs) you're on on Amazon and you want to get rid of it. I'm just saying like it's so overdone. And it's like, wouldn't you just like to go to the bathroom on this guy or whatever? And it's like, okay. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm all for Trump bashing. But the thing is, let's face it. We're out doing stand-up and seeing stand-up. There's not a lot of Trump jokes in the clubs. Anymore. Anymore. Because Because audiences... Audiences don't want to hear it because well, only because they're inundated with Trump nonstop. So when they go to a comedy club, they kind of want something different. I'm just finding that the trend is unless you're like a specific political comedian, most comics are avoiding it because it's sort of it's overdone. It's also like when you go to an open mic or something and somebody comes up and they're like, I've got this killer material about online dating. I just can't wait to do it. And it's like, Hey man, everyone who's been on this stage in the last hour and a half has done that bit. Right. It's like, Oh, but no, you, you don't get it. I've combined Tinder with Trump. And oh, I've got yeah. the ultimate Tinder Trump mashup joke. And it's like, I don't care. Have, have you ever seen my open mic bingo card? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have. <laughs> Trump think, is the free I square think, I was in the middle. Say the free square is Trump in the middle, and then like the rest are just Tinder. That's how it is, and I don't really want to hear a comic on his Netflix or Amazon special do twenty minutes of how much he hates Trump. We get it. I get it. Now I'm like I said, I'm going to watch the Seth Meyers one. I won't be skipping around. I'll watch the whole thing because I like to see it, everything in its entirety. But Netflix clearly sees that their audience is like, we're tired of Trump jokes. Yeah, now, I think. You can hate Trump and still be tired of Trump jokes. Yes, that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, you know, like, like just because you know, oh, I hate Trump jokes. I mean, doesn't mean you love Trump, right? A- an example: I despise Trump, yet I'm kind of like, oh God, here we go with more Trump jokes. Yeah, you know? and, and my point about the the David Cross third act is that they're not even good jokes. They're barely even jokes at all. It's okay. just kind of a rant, and it's like, okay, what's your verdict? It's really funny. I'd say binge. If you don't want to hear all the political stuff, cut it off about 40 minutes in. Okay. But cool. he's funny. I really like him a lot. Right on. And that is on Amazon Prime. Yep. And it is titled David Cross Oh Come On. Oh Come On is the name of it, yeah. Like, oh, come on. Yeah, well, he tells a story. Now, actually, if you do skip the end, you should watch the encore because he tells a story at the end that kind of uh, makes that name makes sense. Okay. That's totally unrelated to the other stuff. So. But it's pronounced, oh, come on. Or How is else it like, would it oh, be? come on. How else would it be pronounced? I don't know. I can't read English. What do you want from me? All right. <laughs> oh, I'm a, didn't you know I'm illiterate? That's way, why I review shows the, and not books. The way he says it is like, oh, come on. Was that a good David yeah, Cross that, impression? Perfect. Thank you. Now, and I think our audience now knows exactly how it's supposed to be. Because okay. I couldn't, I couldn't nail it. Yeah. It was All by right. Bob Newhart doing David Cross. <laughs> One last review, and it's up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it home with The King, Netflix original movie. 
It is two hours and 20 minutes, and it stars Timothy Chalamet, Joel Edgerton, Robert Pattinson, Sean Harris, and Ben Mendelsohn. Big so cast. Big cast, good cast. The two standouts, without question, are Joel Edgerton and Sean Harris. Hmm. Yeah, this is about the early life of King Henry V of England. And it is based on, it's a mashup of some Shakespearean plays. The Boy King. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know the exact, I think it's like he uses a couple parts of Henry IV and parts of Henry V to make this movie. It's produced by Brad Pitt and his company Plan B and co-produced and written by Joel Edgerton. Who's in it? Who's in it and is great in it. He he wrote himself a juicy little part, I got to say. And I got to give this guy credit, man. He cranks out some good stuff, whether it's his performances or the stuff he gets behind. He's a good producer and writer. I don't think he's getting credit for that. I don't think he gets credit for being much of anything. I think he's an underrated actor. What else does he what has he done? Well, he played young Owen uh, Lars in the Star Wars prequels. And he was also in the Thing reboot. And I'm going to have Jess, Jess go at it because he's got a litany of stuff. Joel Edgerton was in Zero Dark Thirty. Also, The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio and Boy Erased, which he co-wrote, produced, and directed. He's a solid performer, and I think uh, he deserves more credit. Him and Sean Harris. Now, Sean Harris, if you don't know, he played the main bad guy in the last two Mission Impossible movies. Okay. If you saw him, you'd recognize him. He's the like, oh, Irish, Irish-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. He's great in this. Two performances from the supporting cast make up for everything else. And while Timothy Chalamet is good in this, I, I, I feel like I don't get enough. It's not as fully developed a character as the two supporting guys. They really make the movie, and there's the reason to watch this. Now, it's a period piece, obviously taking place in 15th century England. If you're not into period pieces, bail on this. Sometimes period pieces can be all, you know, so wordy and overdone. This was easy to follow. Even at two hours and 20 minutes, I thought it moved right along. Robert Pattinson has like a brief uh, part as a uh, pompous prince, and he's kind of fun. Perfect. Yeah, it's 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 a good little part for him. It's not it's not a big thing, but uh, he does he does a really good job with it. This was a very watchable, entertaining movie, and I'm I'm not a huge period. Oh, England in the 15th century. And, uh, I went in not looking forward to this. I thought it was going to be a real bore, and it wasn't. It was interesting. It moved along. Two really great supporting performances. Ben Mendelsohn is at the beginning of it. He's very good as He's always. Awesome. He's great. Not a big part, but uh, but a key part. Definitely worth the watch, man. Now, I know they're going for Oscars here. Eh, they're not going to get any Oscars. Did they put this out in theaters? It was briefly released in theaters. Okay. That's the new thing now. They put stuff out. They call it the four wallet. Yeah. Like the Irishman right now is in like two theaters in the country just so they can be eligible. Yeah, for an Oscar. exactly. But everyone's going to watch it on Netflix. That's going to be its thing. But if you're into this type of thing, mm-hmm. binge. The okay. King on Netflix, an original movie. I enjoyed it. Okay, so let's recap real quick. I talked very briefly about Ghosts of Sugarland, a Netflix documentary, 20 minutes long. Not much there. Interesting story to read in about two and a half minutes on your iPhone while you're uh, you know, waiting in line for something. Purge. Yeah, Purge. Jack Ryan Season 2 is a binge. 
as is season one. Overall. Oh, definitely. One I, and two. Yeah, season one I think was a little bit better. Season two, very two dimensional, plot driven, not character driven. Definitely worth watching. Binge for sure. Demo said, "End of the effing world." Season two was uh, a huge disappointment. Yeah, merely a shadow of season one. Yep. So you said binge season one, purge season two. Then I reviewed David Cross's new comedy special. Oh, come on. <laughs> now that's actually pretty close to how he said it. Perfect. Binge it. You might not like the end. Feel free to turn it off. And then Demo reviewed The King, Netflix original movie, Timothy Chalamet, Ben Mendelsohn, Joel Edgerton. You said Sean binge. Harris. Sean Harris. You said binge. Yep. If you like... Uh, if you like medieval stuff, yeah. you know, it's a good it's a good movie. You know, don't expect, you know, the greatest, but yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. I wasn't bored. He wasn't bored, folks. Imagine what that must be like. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you're looking forward to? We need to get into a bunch of HBO shows because HBO, in the absence of Game of Thrones, is now throwing out an onslaught of stuff to watch. Yes. And I discussed last week how I'd started watching Watchmen and... I'm really getting into it, but I do think uh, HBO is just going to like throw everything they got to make up for the big hole they don't have with Game of Thrones anymore, which, you know, hey, not everything is going to work, but I applaud them for, you know, pushing out a lot of content and trying to fill that hole as best they can. So maybe, you know, something will be in there. Maybe. There's a lot of stuff. There's something coming that I'm looking forward to called Crisis Cops. It's not out yet. There's that show with Jason Bateman coming. I forget the name of it. It's called The Outsider and is based on the books by Stephen King. It will premiere in January 2020. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, Room 104, which we've never actually reviewed, we'll talk about at some point. So we have, we have to have a full episode dedicated to the HBO uh, cavalcade. Bohemoth. Mm-hmm. Cavalcade's good. <laughs> Bohemoth. To the HBO Bohemoth. That's all I've got. Great. That's all I've got. Now, where can they find us, Joe? Oh, man, where can't they find us? Mm-hmm. Facebook slash Binge or Purge. Twitter at Binge or Purge. Instagram at Binge or Purge Podcast. Email us, Binge or Purge Podcast at Gmail. We love hearing from you. Don't forget YouTube. Oh, and YouTube. Well, you, you can watch us on YouTube, leave comments, right. Spotify, iTunes, Listen Note. Uh, lots of places where you can tell me how much you hated my response to Dolomite. Yes, That's fine. please let Joe know how wrong he was about Dolomite is my name. That's fine. I'm, uh, I'm hearing about it on the street of how wrong you are. On the street. Yeah, on the street people come up to me. Hey, tell Joe, totally wrong about Dolomite is my name. Get okay. rid of him. I'm like, no, I can't get rid of him. He owns the mics. <laughs> well, they're on they're on loan. <laughs> uh, the credit card company owns No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so that's it then? That's it. As always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Twitter and Instagram at the Jessica Greer. Thanks, Jess. And that's all our time for this week. For Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 